1: Hey, it's Monique. Welcome to episode 107 of the Brown Vegan Podcast. And with this show, I love to present veganism from a practical perspective to help everyday people start their journeys in a way that feels good to them. We also like to talk about wellness topics. I share my tips and bring on guests to share theirs as well. Welcome to the show or welcome back. I really appreciate you being here. I missed you guys. In this episode of the show, I have Dr. Bobby Price back on here. If you remember, he was on episode 91 he just talked a lot about his journey and just a lot about how to start a vegan lifestyle. And so I wanted to bring him back because I felt like that episode did so well. There was so much more we can cover. And so I reached out to my Instagram followers to get some questions, to do a and a with Dr. Price. And of course, he was gracious enough to come back on the show to share more of his experiences as well as his expertise. Dr. Price is a doctor of pharmacy as well as a certified plant-based nutritionist. In this episode, we're going to talk about detoxing, why we should do it, how we should do it, what to eat, and his own experiences with detoxing and how he eats on a daily basis. People really wanted to know his meals. We're also going to talk about how food affects your mood why he doesn't wear deodorant, which is a hot topic too. I guess he's talked about that on his own page, which is why so many people ask me that question to have him go over. Also, we're talking about him being an alkaline vegan and how he's able to maintain his frame, his muscles, his physique, despite the fact that he does eat a very clean lifestyle. A lot of people, especially men, are concerned about um, getting too thin. So he's going to talk about how he's able to maintain that. As always, you can get all of the resources and everything we mentioned in this episode at brownvegan.com under episode 107 be sure to check out Dr. Price's book, Vegetation Over Medication. It's an excellent read. I'll also link that under the blog post as well. So yeah, I gotta keep this short and sweet because virtual school is going on today. This is actually the first day and I just have to make sure there's no tech issues. So I'm gonna go ahead and get right into this Q&A with Dr. Price. Come hang out with me on Instagram. I'm at brownvegan there to share your thoughts about this episode. So, yeah, without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into the Q&A with Dr. Bobby Price.
2: I'm Dr. Bobby Price. I sort of refer to myself as a plant-based pharmacist and herbalist and nutritionist because although I do have a PharmD, a doctorate in pharmacy, I don't necessarily use that degree to work in the hospital anymore. I use that degree to educate people on what they can eat and what things they can use in nature to heal themselves and pre- prevent disease. And so a lot of people are probably asking themselves, how the hell does a pharmacist go from being a pharmacist to now not using any drugs? Well, that journey really started with myself. I was unhealthy and I was in my late twenties. I had gained fifty extra pounds and uh I had inflammation all over my body. I had high blood pressure since I was sixteen. So in my mind I figured it was hereditary, but At that point in my life, I was a healthcare practitioner and I figured I knew everything. And when people would come into the hospital and ask me about, you know, hey, I have diabetes. Hey, I have high blood pressure. What can I do to to either stop taking medications or get off medications? And my answer was always, you're going to have to take this for the rest of your life. And so when I got unwell and sick, that was an answer I wasn't willing to receive. From myself, Mm -hmm. oddly enough. And so I just started researching everything I could, trying every diet, every pretty much every exercise program from P90X to everything. I mean, I tried even Weight Watchers program and nothing really worked for me. And so truly out of desperation, the last resort was a plant based lifestyle you know, going plant-based vegan, and I tried it for 30 days and I lost 32 pounds. And uh, it wasn't the fact that I just lost 32 pounds. I really felt amazing. Along that journey, I was just learning different things. I mean, I started reading everything I could. I made a sort of a proclamation to myself that I would read at least 300 books on the subject of health and nutrition and the history behind food as medicine. And that's what I started doing. And I noticed my blood pressure got balanced for the first time in over a decade. My blood pressure was not only normal, but it was that like a 13 year old girl, as my physician told me at the time. And so I had a new philosophy and I had new evidence to prove that it worked. And now I just started sharing that information with my patients. They started healing. And so I left my job, moved to Japan, started studying people there who lived to 100, no disease, and eat primarily a plant-based diet. Learned a lot of beautiful philosophies there in Okinawa, Japan. And then after being there for about three years, I moved and went to China, went to Thailand, India, several countries in Africa, Peru, Honduras, and then back here where I wrote the book, Education Over Medication.
1: So I know if you guys want to get like a a more in-depth story about Dr. Price's uh, his history, his education and all of that, you should definitely check out the previous episode. I wanted to do this one because after you were on the show, first of all, I would say that was probably like <laughs> the most downloaded podcast I've had. One of the most downloaded yeah. podcast episodes that I've had. So I had to have you back on because I wanted to do like a Q&A style, especially since um, since you were on here last year. Was that like, la- yeah, that was last year. Um, yep. I actually did your detox. <laughs> so I wanted, they, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted you to come back on and do a Q&A with me about the detox and then some other topics that some of my listeners um, suggested. So uh, we have about 17 questions that I want to get through because I want you to be able to, you know, educate the masses on the importance of detoxing and some other topics as well. So... let's start with a detox okay why should we do a um a detox and what are some of the benefits to doing a detox wait wait start with this because I feel like they're not all created equally so tell us the difference between yours and maybe like some skinny tea that somebody buys off Instagram ah
2: now that's even a better question because I I mean what happens is like Now natural health is such a big thing. Going vegan is such a big thing. The market is inundated with all these different products and people are saying this does this and that does this and the third. And so uh, what I can say is that I I don't want to specifically name any other detoxes, Mm -hmm. but what I can say is I'm one of the few true healthcare professionals behind a detox. I'm a pharmacist which means that not only do I understand pharmaceutical drugs, but I understand herbs as well. And I spent at least five years traveling the world, learning from people, holistic healers, you know, herbalists around the world, who the only avenue they have to treat their patients is with herbs, is with natural medicine. And so what I can say is I took the knowledge that I learned in traveling the world, several countries, the background i have as a healthcare professional also as a nutritionist and i put that inside of the detox and so what i try to do with a detox instead of making a detox where it focuses on one organ like quite often what you'll see is like these liver detoxes right mm-hmm. or gallbladder flush or colon cleansers but what my detox focuses on is a full body cleanse meaning the whole idea is to get full body cleanse and detox because there is a difference between cleansing and detoxing. Cleansing is what you would do if you did like juicing. So it's like you you buy a home and it's not a new home. Let's say it's a fixer upper and you walk in and you sweep the floor. Well, that's a cleanse. You know, that's, that's good and it's necessary. But detoxing is, okay, I need to sweep and then I need to mop, and then I need to disinfect. That's what cleansing and detoxing does together. So what I try to do with my detox is create a full-body detox where you're not only just cleaning out the you know, the popular organs that people like to sort of cleanse out and detoxify. You're also cleansing out your entire digestive tract. You're cleansing your blood. You're cleansing your liver, your kidneys, your lymphatic system. Uh, and that's why people... At the end of the detox, they feel energetic. They feel the brain fog lift. They feel the weight loss from their belly in particular go away. That's why they, a lot of times when people have hormonal imbalances, those hormone imbalances are, are actually corrected after 28 days. That's why with a lot of women, they'll actually experience the fact that they'll go from having like a seven-day cycle to having like a 3 three-day cycle Mm -hmm. because it's a deep cleanse. It's not just cleansing specific organs. And that's very important because think about it like this. If you cleanse just the liver, right? Mm -hmm. The liver is the detoxification center in the body, meaning anything you put in your body that shouldn't be there, any processed foods, any drugs, anything you put in your body that isn't from the ground, the soil, Mm -hmm. a tree, a bush, It has to go through the liver and the liver has the job of figuring out what to do with that toxicity. And because we live in Western societies, pretty much all the food is toxic. The air is toxic. You know, the water has things in it that we shouldn't be drinking. There's just a load of toxicity in society today. And so if you do just a liver cleanse and now all this toxicity is coming out of your liver, But all the elimination paths to get rid of that toxicity is still closed, meaning you're not having bowel movements like you should because 75% of Americans are constipated. Mm. You're not urinating at the rate that you should because most Americans have kidney insufficiency. You're not your lymphatic system is backed up. A really easy way to figure that out is if you have swollen lymph nodes sometimes or if you have body odor. But there's so many things that show us that our bodies are toxic. And because of that, you have to have the elimination pathways open when you actually start cleansing out the body. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, it's just going to end up in the blood. It's going to come out of the tissues and end up in the blood. And now it's traveling all over the body instead of being concentrated in one area. And So that's what I do with my detox. It's a full body detox. One part is a parasite candida cleanse. And that focuses on cleansing out parasites, yeast, worms, things of that nature, cleansing out the liver, the kidneys, the lymphatic system. The other part is the tummy detox, and that focuses on cleansing out the digestive tract in the blood. And so you have to have a full body detox. So if I had to say there was anything that was very different uh, about my detox is I blended the herbs together and put them in combinations such that They're designed to do that, to give you a full body detox, to not only pull this toxicity out of your body, heavy metals, things of that nature, radiation, uh, to pull it out of the tissues, but then to get it outside of the body. And I think that's why some people, you know, in the beginning, they kind of struggle the first couple of days because your body is entering this detoxification state. And as it enters, it makes you lethargic. It makes you a little nauseous a little bit, but it only lasts the first couple of days. And then from there, it's sort of uh, your body starts to adjust. So if I had to compare my detox to others, which I've done some of the research compared to others, I think that's the difference. And the other thing is I use real herbs. I don't use extracts. I don't use, you know, things that I wouldn't want a child to have. Mm-hmm. These are things that you can go into nature and get them. And so I believe in using the best quality of herbs and in uh, the best combination. So. If I had to give you a difference, that that's what I would say it is. I
1: love that. That's a good breakdown. I love that analogy about sweeping and then like (laughs) really cleaning the house. So that makes a difference. So how often do you recommend that we detox? Though is it? um, I know you actually. I feel like I know the answer is thirty days, but is it okay to do fourteen?
2: Yeah, yeah. So. The duration, I I, I only have two options. So it's either 14 or 28 days. So initially when I came out with the detox, everybody was like, I can do like a weekend detox. And I I can tell you, just like I mentioned before, like the first three days, your body is just entering into detoxification. So if you did like a weekend detox, it would do you no good. Mm. That's why I never really had that option. And in seven days, what you notice is your body is really just adjusting. So really the minimum is 14 days. And what typically happens is around about day 10, and I see this all the time, like I see orders come in, and I see people's names and they buy 14 day. And it's always interesting to see. I check back 10 days later and guess what? That person on day 10 starts ordering another one, another 14 day. And they order it because by day 10, now your body is cleansing and you have more energy, the brain fog is gone. You've lost probably, you know, 10 pounds, eight to ten pounds by that time, depending on you and your body type. Uh-huh. Uh and so people are thinking to themselves, like, man, I should have got the twenty eight day. It was twenty five dollars dollars cheaper if I'd have got a twenty eight day versus, you know, getting two fourteen days and so the duration is either 14 or 28 days. And I recommend sort of doing it like an oil change. Like we get an oil change every three to four months. And so I recommend that we have that same sort of maintenance schedule with our bodies because we wow. live in a toxic world. I was man, ask you right? that
1: next. I was like, when you, I thought you said three to four months and I was like, really that often it feels yeah. often, but I guess that makes sense. Every time yeah. a season changes, you want yeah,
2: to change. Yeah. Yeah. Cause this, Like right now, it's what, March, it's the beginning of March, so we're sort of ending the tail end of winter. But winter does a number on our body. The cold weather actually imposes a lot of will on our body. And so while we're in this phase where we're going through winter and we're eating all this heavy food, because that's what happens in winter, you want to eat heavy food so then you can feel, feel warm. Each season, you have to think about it like this you know, we just got 5G with cell phones. And people don't know the implications of that, but that's radiation exposure. Uh, you think about our water, our water supply, and people can kind of do research for themselves, but there's a ton of things in our water that we shouldn't be consuming. And that doesn't matter. Like, if you, even if you don't drink tap water, like, you bathe in it, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, you think about the air quality today, like, uh, the air is Polluted in most metropolitan cities. And then you think about how much, you know, think about it like junk food do people eat? And I call it junk food, but most people would say processed food. And most people would just call it food. But how much food do you eat out of a box, bag, can, you know, or jar, you know, that has food additives in it, that has preservatives in it, that has all types of colorants, that dyes, all these things that accumulate in our bodies. And so when you start to go through those things and then think about hygienic products, uh, cosmetic products, uh, when you start to tally up how much toxicity we're putting in our bodies today compared to 100 years ago, it's almost astronomical. Mm -hmm. So we do all this maintenance for our cars. We take our cars in for, you know, oil changes. We take them in for two nuts. We take them in, you know, sometimes weekly to get them washed in detail. But we absolutely have no process like that for our bodies. And so that's why I recommend every, you know, three to four months getting in a detox, a cleanse, so that you can make sure that you retain your health because that's how we retain our health by keeping keeping our bodies clean. Because our bodies are designed to heal themselves. Mm-hmm. Like our bodies are designed to heal, regenerate, but it can't do that when it's inundated with toxicity.
0: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: my next question is very, very personal. <laughs> it's very, okay. very personal. Why does a tea have to taste so bad, Doctor Price? Like before, when you were on a podcast, <laughs> were you on a podcast before? I had, I didn't do the detox yet, right? So I right, didn't know. Right. But then when I experienced it, that tummy tea, now nah, that's that, that's brutal. <laughs> it should yeah. not taste like that. So, is there any? <laughs> any suggestions or first of all, let's talk about the taste. I know, I know the answer, but it still didn't satisfy me. Okay. Cause I was just like, nah, it's gotta be a better way. But then also I want to know, is there some recommendations to kind of make it a little better? So why does it taste bad and what are your recommendations to make it go down a little easier?
2: Um, It's interesting that you say the Tommy T-tots because I'm sure some of your listeners have, have probably did the Detox. And others will say the parasite candida cleanse actually tastes worse. Oh, okay. And I always say that uh, because I mean, I just had somebody who gave a testimonial and they were like, the tummy detox just tastes like tea with no sugar.
1: Oh, wow. I right? love tea so, with no sugar and it tastes nothing right, like that to me.
2: <laughs> right. I always tell people the one that is most bitter to you is probably the one you need the most. Oh, wow. Uh, so that's the first and foremost, and then so, where does the bitter taste come from? The bitter taste actually comes from the high concentration of minerals inside of it. I don't know. Like you may remember, like growing up, like I had a grandmother who, anytime we got sick, she had like a remedy that tastes like all hell. Mm-hmm. My mom and <laughs> right, and so like all of the remedies, n- nothing ever tastes good. And I was, I was always thinking, like, is this punishment? But what I came to learn was, the higher the mineral content, the more bitter the, the food is. You understand, like
0: uh-huh.
2: herbs like parsley, cilantro, you know, dill, those type of herbs, they're bitter. Yeah. They if are. you just eat the herb, right? Mm-hmm. And so the type of herbs that I'm using, they're highly concentrated with minerals, and minerals are always going going to give sort of a, a bitter taste. Uh, but th- here's the thing, though. As your body alkalizes, and what I mean by that is, a lot of people eat a lot of acidic foods and live a lot li- an acidic lifestyle, and so their body is acidic, okay. Mm-hmm. And as you start to alkalize, as you go through the detox, what most people notice is, by the end of the detox, it doesn't taste nearly as bitter as it tastes before, okay. That's and the true. Re-
1: Cause I did 14 yeah. days and at the end it didn't, I was able to drink it and I didn't have as many complaints.
2: Right. And so what happens is your body is alkalizing as your body alkalizes, it changes your taste buds. And so really what, what is happening is the mineral content inside of the herbs are actually balancing out or neutralizing the acidic nature of your body, which is a very good thing. Uh, you know, cause it's healing you. The more you alkalize your body, the more you're going to be healed uh because when we're in an acidic state that is a state that is conducive for cancer that is a state that is conducive for infection and we know that because during the winter if you eat a lot of sugar it actually causes your immune system to be suppressed sugar in the body will turn into acid and so that's why it tastes so bitter oh. but the reason why it's so necessary is that when that bitter taste hits your tongue your tongue isn't just connected In your mouth, like it goes, there's a a vagus nerve that goes down and it sends a, a signal into your body that says alkalinity is coming. What that does is it stimulates the digestive organs to start to produce enzymes to digest your food before it even arrives. So, and the importance of that is this is that most people have digestive issues. Most people don't break their food down enough. And this is why most people are constipated. And so, it's actually helping the digestive process It's stimulating, the liver It's stimulating the, the gallbladder It's stimulating the lymphatic system as soon as it hits your tongue. So it's a very important part. So like people ask me all the time, like, could you make this into a capsule form? And I always say no. And the reason why I say no is because you would lose that benefit and that benefit is very important. So, for me, the impact is far more important than the numbers. Okay, if that
0: makes any sense. It
1: does so, make sense. It does. Yeah. So besides, I know that you're supposed to be eating vegan while you're doing a detox, besides uh, like, you know, meat, dairy, processed foods, is there anything else that we should avoid? Anything else that we need to consider?
2: So I have a list in my book, food or shopping list that you can go by. I will say that There's a lot of even plant-based foods that aren't on the list. And primarily the reason why those foods aren't on the list is either they're really high in starch or they're more prone to be sprayed with pesticides and herbicides. And so pesticides and herbicides are toxicity and that's what we're trying to get rid of during the detox. So a lot of hybrid fruits and vegetables may not be on that list. And so, you know, for a lot of people that see that as restriction, But for me, I see it as it makes things easier. The less foods I have to be concerned with or the less options I have, the more I I know about what I can eat. Mm -hmm. And so um, I highly recommend, you know, using the book and the food list inside of the book. And also people can go to uh, my website on the homepage, scroll down, also have a plant-based starter kit with a list also. You can go by that during the detox as well.
1: Yeah. And I know you do you still send out the, the uh, little pamphlet with the like a leaflet, not a leaflet, but it was like a, a postcard that you send out with the food list too. Do you still. Have yeah. That? So,
2: yeah, when you- mm-hmm. yeah. Whenever you po- purchase the detox, of course, I send you out an instructional card just to give you some basic instructions on how to kind of go through the detox. But I also have a video because I know everybody learns different. I saw
1: it. Yeah, it was good.
2: People, people want to read. People want to. I don't want to read. I want to see a video. So (laughs) I'm an entire video about the detox where I'm not only showing you how to make it, but I also kind of go over some frequently asked questions, which also I also have on my website. You just click on frequently asked questions. And these are all the questions that people ask have been asking me over the years about the detox. Yeah, I just make sure that everybody has what they need, whether it's in a video format, frequently asked questions or what should I eat? I haven't been plant-based before. You can download the free plant-based starter kit, which gives you tips, uh, gives you a shopping list, or you can just grab the book, which I highly recommend and read along
1: as you go through the detox. Yeah. So I know we already, of course, talked about the food list, but you have to give me an example because I know that when I did the detox, I did it live on Insta story, right? So every day I Uh, would post food, I would post um, the drink, drinking the teas, whining about drinking the teas on Insta uh, story, but you have to give us an example of what a meal would look like. Cause I know for, for a lot of people who get the food list, they're like, okay, that sounds great. But what if I don't cook and I don't really eat vegan now, what would be a good example of I, like one meal, one or two meals that someone can consume? during yeah. The detox?
2: yeah. Yeah. So for me, I try to keep things simple and that's the best thing to do during the detox. Like right now, like When you're not detoxing, like you have all these options in front of you. But during the detox, just keep things simple. And so what I do is during the detox, the only thing I'll have for breakfast is either a green smoothie or a green juice. So that makes things very simple for me for breakfast. But each morning I wake up, I know I'm making either a green smoothie or a green juice that I either made that morning or the night before. And I think most people these days are making green smoothies. So Mm -hmm. I think that can make things very easy for you. Uh, I have a couple of recipes that are in the book. So if you're like, I've never made one, you need a recipe, you can go in the book and check that out. I highly recommend for breakfast doing that. And the reason why is because in a green smoothie, you're getting everything you need. It's like a multivitamin. Put your liquid as the base. That could be like water natural spring water. That could be coconut water. Uh, Those are the two that I recommend. Or it could be a green juice, okay? And then you put a green leafy vegetable in there. Then you could put, you know, an herb in there, like basil, which I really love inside a smoothie. You can add in ginger. You can add in some fruit. uh, And then you can add in some omega-3s and fiber in the form of chia seeds. So that'll be my smoothie in the morning. That is an example that I think Is easy for anybody. All they need to do is go out and purchase a hot power power blender.
1: So when you have the smoothie, so what does that look like as far as when you're on a detox? Are you drinking the smoothie first? Then you have your first tea and then a second tea. Like how do you spread it out?
2: Well, I actually, I don't start eating anything until around about 12. So I, and that's my typical regimen. Like I typically don't eat until about 12 noon. That is not what I'm, suggestion for everybody I'm just saying that's how I roll but usually with the detox what I do as soon as I wake up like it's ready for me downstairs so I go downstairs and I start I start drinking as soon as I wake up and that first I drink that first tea probably within the first two hours of the day so let's say if I woke up at 6 30 by 8 30 that tea is done. you know around 12 I may have my smoothie and then um, for lunch let's say for instance I may have a big salad I may have a kale wrap. I may have quinoa stir fry. Um, You know, those are some of my typical options that I'll have. Uh, And people like to make a distinguishment between lunch and dinner. But like, it's the same thing. Like, it's no different. I may add like a plant-based protein like chickpeas to my salad or something like that. But like my lunch and my dinner are pretty much the same. So if I finish that first tea around 8.30, I'm probably going to start drinking the second one around about 11. And I may finish maybe a quarter of that by 12 when I have my first green smoothie, have lunch, finish that by 1.30, maybe a, two hours after eating that, so around about 3.00. I finish up the rest of that tea over the next two hours.
1: So you don't recommend, or maybe that's how you do it, I know. But do you recommend uh, people spreading it out? Because when I did it, I was chugging it because I wanted to hurry up and get it over with. So I would have the first one and then like an hour and a half or two hours later, I would just drink that second one. And I would probably drink on it for about an hour, but I had to get it done in me as quickly as I knew I would do it so as soon as I woke
2: up I was on it (laughs) the only reason I don't recommend chugging it is because the thing you have to think about is one of these herbal infusions is going to make you poop it's gonna have you using the bathroom and you don't want to chug that all at once so for me like that's why I highly recommend at least spreading it out over an hour or two because my high recommendation is at least over two hours because if you take it all at once, you're going to get a more exaggerated effect. So you don't want like stomach cramping and, you know, poo all at once or and then having to go to the bathroom to urinate all in in a matter of two hours because Mm -hmm. you drink all the tea in one chug. And so that's why I recommend sort of spreading it out like that. And that way you don't have to actually sort of worry about those effects. It'll be more of a a normal bathroom cycle.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I know you mentioned the chickpeas in your salad as a a form of like a protein, plant-based protein. Any other plant-based proteins that you recommend during the detox?
2: Yeah, I, I love mushrooms. So oyster mushrooms are probably my favorite mushrooms. So those...
1: Yes. Um,
2: in my smoothies, I'm using hemp and chia seeds. And those are two great proteins. Those are primarily the proteins that I'm getting in because even with chickpeas, like I can make chickpea and tuna. So I can make a tuna with chickpeas. I can roast my chickpeas. Like there's a host of things that I can do with that. So I usually have that one meal and then I eat a lot of fruit during the detox because fruit are very cleansing and also hydrating and you want to stay hydrated. Uh, So that's typically how my day goes with the detox.
1: So what do you recommend when somebody is coming off of the detox? Say it's, I guess, day 30 or day 29 because you only have 28 days. What do you recommend some of those first meals look like? Do you still recommend they keep to the food list or like how does how does that transition look how do you suggest it looks
2: for people I always get that question and what I tell people is at least for 7 to 10 days you should probably eat how you did during the detox because you got to think about see people like to separate it but during the detox you're all you're drinking the herbal infusions and you're eating plant based and you're eating really healthy plant based so no no vegan junk food during that mm-hmm. time either And so because of that, you have to understand that once you're off the detox, your body still has to readjust to not being on the detox. And the best way for it to do that is for you to eat healthy, like eat foods high in fiber, eat foods that are uh, hydrated, eat foods that your body is going to adjust to without the detox. Because I know a lot of people like to have like these celebratory meals. Yeah. (laughs) 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 <laughs> and, um, I'm, I'm, so,
1: I'm people
0: <laughs>
2: <right>? <laughs> but my, my, big, my big thing is like I think the really important thing to understand is that once you stop the tease your body is still sort of in detoxification mm-hmm. so you know if you put anything in it that is contradictory to the detox um, it's going to try to get rid of it as such Mm. Uh, so that's why i highly recommend for at least seven to ten days after the detox is over still eat you know according to the food recommendations that i have either in the book or the plant-based starter kit and then you can slowly start transitioning yourself to whatever it is you transition to because in all honesty like the recommendations I have during the detox are really great recommendations in general.
1: Yeah, so this is gonna be the last detox question before we get into the other questions that uh, my audience have for you. Have for you, but tell us because I know you have the two different levels. Um, you can actually just order the detox and do it by yourself, and then you have the. Uh, I guess it's like the VIP level where you get the Facebook group <laughs> and you get like all of the accountability. So which, which one should we choose and why? Like what would be the biggest difference you think? Uh,
2: that's a good question. Um, well, well, first of all, it's not VIP everybody. I think VIP. It's, oh, no.
1: <laughs> but it's, you know why I think it's VIP? Let me tell you why I think it's VIP. I remember when I was okay. on the detox. First of all, I just want to say it was so generous of you. I want to say this on air. It was so generous of you, generous of you to send the detox to me. I really appreciate it and it, it was came in my life at a time where I really did need it. So I was so thankful for that because I wasn't in like the Facebook group and didn't have all the additional recipes. People used to always ask me like, what are you eating during the detox? And I'm just like, I don't right. know pretty much eating what I am. So I felt like that was like the VIP, the VIP group because they had recipes and Facebook. Groups and <laughs> I think they get like one-on-one time with you and all of that stuff. So
3: yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think people do feel VIP. So well, well I don't call it the VIP. I call it my group detox and pretty much what the the group detox experience is is what I've done is put together like a detox manual and inside of the detox manual, you have, you know, recipes, you have a food list, you have meal plans. Uh, They love the recipes, So, you know, um, it sort of takes away that whole idea of, I don't know what to eat, even if I'm plant-based because I've had people who were vegan like yourself and they felt like they didn't know what to eat during the I detox I did.
1: In the beginning I felt like that. That's probably why people kept asking me because they're like they're not vegan so they're like what do you eat? And I'm just like right. I don't know because the stuff I usually eat is not on this damn list.
2: <laughs> right. And so that's that's why in in the group detox and the detox manual what I do is I put together a lot of really good uh simple recipes that you can make at home and uh a lot of great recommendations in terms of even if you're not you know, quote unquote, vegan or plant based, then it makes a transition very easy for you. So that's one thing. Uh, the other thing you get in the group detox is, uh, access to the exclusive online support group. So inside of the group, uh, we usually have one to 200 people in there Wow. and, um, you have half of the group are people who have been doing this, who do this detox every three to four months, and they've been doing it for the last couple of years. So I call them my detox OGs.
0: Hey.
2: Usually when I'm not in the group, like they can answer pretty much any question that you might have if it's your first time. So that's the really great thing about being in the group. And if you have an experience that you're going through and you're thinking like, man, I think something's going wrong with me and let me post this in the group. And then like, everybody's like, Oh no, that's normal. (laughs) To get that reassurance is also good. And just to be able to have, you know, community as you go through this journey together, because what's going to happen is people are going to see you drinking the teas and eating different. And they're going to ask you what's going on. And there's going to be a lot of, questions that you're going to be asked that you probably can't answer, but you can always go in the group and ask the group. And also inside of the group, I do like education. So I'm popping in there doing, you know, group education, helping people understand things, doing Q and A's, that sort of thing. So that people can be just, you know, guided through the process. So I'm pretty much like Yoda to my (laughs) Jedi Knights inside of there. Uh, (laughs) So uh, that. And then uh, the other thing is you get the actual detox itself. You get a 30-day detox. And so uh, people really love that experience, Um, just uh, being able to get educated about food, about detoxing, about healing, things of that nature, get their questions asked, and also, again, that community. Uh, I think in large part, that's why a lot of people do it continuously and make it part of their annual regimen is because they love the community between each other, not just with me. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that is the group detox experience. And if you purchase it individually, I think individually is for people who are very disciplined, who are disciplined enough to just not have to have that type of community aspect, you know, who can put together a few meal plans for themselves and it doesn't have to be like anything special it could be like for instance like i could put quinoa inside of a instapot and i can use that for breakfast quinoa meaning instead of using oatmeal i can use quinoa and i do the same things to it i could also use that for a stir fry i could also use that for a salad i could also use that for you know uh, a wrap you know i think for people who are like i need this right now in my life. I can't wait another three months until the next group detox because that's typically what happens. Like people do the detox. um, They find out about it right after a group detox and they're like, well, I can't wait another three months. Mm -hmm. I want to feel how that person described. They feel like right now. And so they do it on their own. And then the next experience for them is like, okay, let me see what this group detox is about now. So. I think it's very manageable to do it um, individually. Um, yeah. Most people do actually.
1: I did, I- yeah. Well, yeah, you know so. what? I did it. No, I can't say it was alone because I had some of my followers, we did it together. We would just like send each other uh, voice memos and. and
0: Send yeah. each other
1: DMs every day to check in and stuff like that. So I really wasn't by myself. I had a few followers. Shout out to y'all. Y'all know who y'all are. I know y'all listening.
2: <laughs> and that's interesting you say that because like I have that happen all the time. Like people will get like their church to do it all together. Or oh, wow. you know, it'd be a group of girls who are going going on a vacation together. So they'll say, like, well let's detox before we go on this vacation. It'll just be like a group of people, like I had somebody a lupus group, um Uh, this person who was in charge of their lupus group in their city and they were saying, Hey, I want to do this detox with my group. And so they got together and they did it all together. So, and I think it's a very beautiful experience to have together because like people think like it's just a physical process. They think like, Oh, it's about losing weight. Oh, it's about increasing energy. Oh, it's about better sleep. And those are things that do happen. But I think what happens spiritually and what also happens mentally throughout that process, because you think you're just cleaning out physical toxins, but you're cleaning out other toxins as well. I think it's a very beautiful experience to go through with a group of people you know and care about. I agree.
1: Yep. Yep. That's all about community. Like you said, fellowship, all of that. That's good. Indeed. So we're done with all of the detox questions. First of all, I got to say that I was a little nervous to do a Q&A because I thought it would be like too formal. But it, I felt like all of the questions I had just kind of flowed into the conversation. So good, yeah, yeah. So let's get into the questions that some of my followers sent over um, on other topics. So um, multiple people wanted to know. What does a typical meal or day of food looks like for look like for you, even when you're not detoxing? Like mainly when you're not detoxing, because people just want to know what you're eating. <laughs> they want to know oh, what
2: you're
0: exactly. eating.
2: <laughs> well, um, I usually do, man. Same thing. Like the, when I first wake up in the morning, I'm trying to hydrate myself. I really believe that that is what our body needs first, is when we wake up. So I usually have water beside the bed. So as soon as I wake up like I'm going going for the water and then I may put some of that water on the stove and make like water with some ginger root, like some slices of ginger and you know, some key lime juice in it. And then later that day I may have like, um, or that morning I may have a green smoothie or a green juice. Um, uh, I put in my favorite fruits, my favorite vegetables in there. Uh, and then that is that for dinner. Uh, I mean, for lunch, I just, I like a jazzed up salad uh, and a big one too. So like I said before, I may put, I may put like some chickpeas inside of my salad, but like I like to fancy them up. So I may put like some chili pepper sweet uh, chickpeas. I may season them up and make it like Italian seasoning chickpeas, like whatever, but and then I make my own salad dressing, so I may make a salad dressing, and the base may be tahini, which comes from the sesame seed, but like tahini looks like salad dressing, mm-hmm. and so what I do is I just add in some other Fiber. ingredients, yeah, yeah, so I may add in take a green pepper and cut up a couple of slices, I may also add some avocado into it to make it creamy, and then I may put a date in there if I, if I want to make it a little sweet, and then that will be. My uh, my salad dressing, and then maybe some squeeze some lime in there, some key lime, uh, and make a huge salad like wraps, especially kale wraps. What else would I make? I love oyster mushrooms, and you could do a lot with those. Like, yes. oh my god, me—that's my plant-based meat. So I do that, and I typically eat out maybe once or twice every week. You still go to that same place you
1: told me about, that
2: the raw place? Yeah, Loving It Live. I love Loving It Live. It's here in Atlanta. And then when I'm traveling, I'll just explore and go to a a restaurant in a new city. And so typically before I travel, I have like a little portable uh, blender that I'll take with me where I can bring, go to, I always get a hotel near like a like a, a Whole Foods or a Trader Joe's or something like that, where I can go and grab a few things and make a smoothie in the morning. So I just keep my regimen going. And it's cheaper, man, because typically when I'm going places and I have to like speak or something, I'm downtown and anything down there is going to be really expensive. So it's just cheaper to do it that way. Yeah, so that. that's typically, I don't really snack a lot, but when I do is usually fruit. I love
1: that was my it. next question. Yeah.
2: Cause I was wondering if you were a snacker. Cause I love snacks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I don't snack a lot. Um, I usually like eat something and then like next time I eat, it's like a, me- a meal, like three hour, three, four hours later. So I don't snack a lot. So, but when I do snack again, my, um, my snacks are usually fruit and I eat berries by a handful. So like, they're like, Berries are like skittles to me. I could just pop them, like, and keep popping them. Um, that's typically my food regiment. Um, mine is pretty boring, man. Um, no,
0: no, <laughs> it's probably
1: not even boring. <laughs> I don't think it's boring. But, but you keep, it
0: simple. I, that's
1: how you keep going when things are simple. It's easy to keep doing. Yeah, it, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I
0: get yeah. it.
2: And cook for yourself. Like that's so important.
1: Yeah. Do like, you okay? Do you consider you, yourself an alkaline vegan?
2: Um. Yeah. Yeah. You I do? do.
1: Okay. So yeah. this is a question that I know that a lot of people are gonna want to know. Then. So how do you keep your uh-huh. muscles? Then because you are you be out here showing off uh, with your oh, off on Instagram. My <laughs> sister be sending me. She be like, "Girl, look at Dr. Price acting up again. <laughs> Send me pictures of you act because she's like a big fan. <laughs> so. Oh uh, yeah. So um muscles because i know a lot of people are concerned about they're like alkaline already feels like it's next level to just being you know vegan right so how you know it's the food the foods that you eat are you know much more limited than being vegan so like how do you keep the muscles how how you you so cut
2: (laughs) the thing people have to understand about muscle is this like you build muscle a couple of different ways you can do it through food that's one way Mm -hmm. so my way through food is making sure I always have, you know, a great source of protein in my meal. So even with my green smoothies, I'm making sure there's hemp powder and chia seed in there because those are two complete proteins. So and as I said before, if I make a salad, I'm putting chickpeas in there. That's another protein.
0: Mm-hmm. You
2: understand? So I'm always making sure I get my proteins in there. So food is just one avenue. The other thing is how you work out. I think the way that most people work out, people have these visions of what an alkaline vegan is. And quite often when they think about alkaline vegan, all they do is like yoga.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, yes.
2: (laughs) But, But that's not true. I do do yoga. But like when I go to the gym, how I work out, I work out like an athlete. I've always said this to people like even in my days where I would train people, I would say, if you want to look like an athlete, you must train like one. And so if you want to put on muscles, then you have to stress the muscles. That's how muscles grow. Mm
0: -hmm. When
2: you stress them as a result of stressing them, they have this mechanism that says that I'm being stressed. I need to grow in order to overcome this stress. So stress can be in the form of weights. Or stress can be in the form of body weight, depending on how you use it. And stress can also be in form of the intensity of the exercise. So if you were to think about a sprinter, right, Mm -hmm. versus a cross-country runner, they look very different. They do not look the same. They are both running, but they are running at different intensities. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so the difference in intensity is what changes the muscles it changes the muscle content to be more bigger, but it also changes the muscle content to be more fast switch versus slow switch. And so when I train, I train like an athlete. And because of that, that's probably what helps me sort of look more like an athlete and less like a cross country runner, because most people think that's what alkaline vegans look like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on probiotics? Do you take them?
2: So, I'm I'm sort of split on probiotics. And here's the reason why. First of all, the purpose of probiotics is to feed your gut bacteria. People have to really understand that. People think that probiotics is putting the bacteria in your gut. And then the great thing that's going to happen is all this good bacteria is in the probiotic is just going to make your gut floors. No, the real way you make your gut healthy and happy is to feed it good bacteria and so the best way to feed your gut good bacteria is with fiber and fiber is only in plants Mm -hmm. and not in processed plants you have to get it from plants now what i do also understand is most people have dysbiosis or a lot of bad bacteria in their gut and so with probiotics you can use probiotics to put more of the good bacteria in there, uh, in your gut microbiome. And so for some people, they have to have that. And I've been split on it for a while because, you know, my whole idea is like, you should use nature to build, uh, your, to build your, your microbiome. Right. Uh, but so many people are in such disarray. Not only do they have gut dysbiosis, meaning that They have an overgrowth of bad bacteria that has overtooking their good bacteria that they they actually have holes in their gut as well so they have a condition like leaky gut they also have ulcerative colitis they have irritable bowel syndrome like these are common things that didn't used to be so common before and so now i'm of the position where i believe people in in many cases or some cases do need probiotics and so you know um in those cases where i feel like somebody really has gut dysbiosis then you know uh typically i don't i don't carry a probiotic and so what i typically do is refer them to someone i know what their product is and i support their product or i i can at least you know, call them and say, I like to know more about your product. And people don't do enough of that. Like I do that even with my water. Like I call the companies and I know it's like people see that 1-800 number on the label and they never use it, but I use it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <No>.
2: <laughs> and I'm like, can you send me this? Can you send me that? Cause I'm like, I drink a lot of water, man. I'm drinking like three liters of water a day. If you did the numbers on that, like, that is a lot of water. It's a lot of water, Good. <laughs> So you see what I'm saying? Like it's it's important, and so like the same. Like I'm usually referring them to um, like, for instance, like I don't know if you're familiar with Tierra goes green, but she has a probiotic. Oh so yes. She has an antibiotic, so typically I will refer them to her for antibiotic. Uh, so, but yeah, I believe that the source of many issues that people don't even connect to the gut is gut dysbiosis mm-hmm. and from my research i've been able to connect it to everything from autism to alzheimer's to uh, um, depression uh all these conditions that you would never think in your mind like this has anything to do with the gut uh even like skin conditions like eczema
1: yeah yes
2: so now i'm just more of the position that if people need to get like a crutch until they can walk on their own then yes then they definitely need to do that but they definitely need to get a probiotic that is you know up to standard and high quality
1: i got you So let's talk about how the food does impact your mood then, because, you know, you said that depression and a lot of, I've heard this too. I've read that myself about how it is, our gut health contributes to a lot of that. So um, how does food affect our our overall mood?
2: Yeah, so like, so here's the sort of the cycle of how the gut and uh, the mood is connected. When you think about the mood, you, you initially think in the brain, right? Yes. And so the interesting thing is that The gut is referred to as the second brain of the body because it has an enteric nervous system. So it has a nervous system just like the spinal and brain cord. Mm -hmm. Uh, and And during our development, our nervous system actually begins in the gut, meaning at the core, when we're starting to the egg and the sperm come together and they initially break out, they start to form a gut before they form anything it kind of gives you the idea that if it formed there first, then there has to be some connection later, okay? Mm-hmm. And even when you think about the spine, right, when you, you think about the brain and then the spine, and inside of the, spi- inside of the vertebrae is a spinal cord, but off of the spinal cord or the vertebrae come these tentacles that go out and attach to organs as well. And so, again, you can kind of see how there's connection there. The other thing is 90% of the happy molecule called serotonin is actually made in the gut. And the interesting thing is typically when people get depression, one of the first things they'll put them on is something like a serotonin reuptake inhibitor like Zoloft to increase serotonin. But the truth of the matter is, if you had a healthy gut, you wouldn't actually have to even be concerned at all about serotonin. So there's a huge connection between the two. And then when you start to think about the impact of food on the gut, meaning how it can cause inflammation, how it can cause you know, holes the, the in the lining of the gut, how it can stuff up the gut and cause constipation, how a lot of the food can also lead to conditions like ulcerative colitis, irritable bowel syndrome, and then the list goes on. And so when you start to think about the impact of unhealthy food on the gut. And then as a result of that impact, then it affecting our brain above, then you start to understand how food and mood are very connected. Mm. And I think one of the biggest things that I've been sort of, well, I've learned in my personal experiences, whenever I fast, and I talk about this in my book, I have a whole chapter called Digestive Rest, uh, where you, you're actually giving your digestive system a rest, which is why I don't typically like to eat a lot of snacks because between meals, I'm giving my digestive tract a rest, oh, right? yeah. I like instead that. Of, instead of grazing like a cow all day. You know, a cow will just <laughs> yeah head down all day. And so when I go through like a fasting period, and it could be like 24 hours, it can be 48 or 72, where I go through a fasting period it is during that period where I feel so light. I start to feel happy. You know, initially, like, when you're not eating food, like, you always go through that, like, that hangry period. Mm -hmm. But, But then, like, once you get through the hangry, it's like you feel light, you feel happy, you feel connected. And I always remind myself of that because I always attribute it to my gut being happy. My gut is happy because... It's not having to work. If you're grazing every day, you're eating food, and on top of eating food, the food that is in the gut doesn't have fiber in it, so it can't be passed out of the body. So you're constantly, your gut is constantly trying to get it out of the body, which means that it's working overtime. It never gets any time off. Eventually, it gets tired of it, you know, and it gets unhappy. And when the gut is unhappy, you will be unhappy. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, food and mood are definitely connected in so many different ways.
1: Yeah, okay. So I know at one point you mentioned that you don't wear deodorant. So what are you doing instead? Do you mean that you're not wearing like? Uh huh.
2: <laughs> I'm just laughing. You are laughing?
1: Oh, I couldn't hear you. <laughs> Why are you laughing?
2: <laughs> Man, I get I get asked like I get asked the weirdest questions and yeah.
1: I mean, this is a question somebody asked me to
2: ask you too. <laughs> like, it's, actually a, it's a really good question. It's a really good question, actually. You know, one of the things I learned on my journey, uh, so I went plant based in 2011. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I went plant based, I actually went alkaline, vegan, plant based. So, like, there was, I didn't eat a lot of stuff. Like, I didn't eat any bread, none of that kind of stuff. So, all that stuff is available about now i can make hemp bread i can make spelt bread and so like there was a lot of things so my body got really 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 clean it detoxed this is when i first started my first de- the detox that we're like i have available today this is when i first started and so like i cleansed my body to the point that you you have to understand like I come from, my mother is a very Southern woman and I'm her oldest son. And so she makes, she growing up, she made me the kind of food you can only dream of if you're a Southern gentleman, like (laughs) (laughs) all the Southern fixings you could think about that would kill you. Like she made it for me. And so like, after years and years of eating that way and, Going through college where I was like completely broke and eating Debbie cakes and things of that nature, you know, my body was pretty toxic. And so I go through this phase where like not only am I converting to a very alkaline diet, but now I'm starting to detox on top of that. I'm noticing things that I would have never noticed before. Like I'm noticing my skin for the first time. Like I didn't know it could look different. Just from changing how I eat. I'm noticing my relationship with my girlfriend at the time. Like it was very different in a lot of different ways. Um, I'm noticing, you know, all the inflammation that I had been feeling for years in certain parts of my body disappeared. And then I'm also noticing like after I work out, I don't smell anymore. Like, and so one day what happened was I went to work out and while i left the house and i knew i was going to work out left it later that day i didn't put on deodorant i forgot to do it and then so i'm like cringing at the fact of going to the gym without deodorant
0: right and
2: um uh, i like well i'm doing it i'm gonna do so if i stink i stink going I, I have to be cool with that and i noticed after the workout i didn't smell and so i get home and the next day i was like i'm gonna see if this to happen again, and so I go another day without deodorant, and I don't smell anything. I mean, like, and it was just day after day after day, I just noticed that oh, I don't need deodorant anymore.
1: Oh, wow! And you do smell and- good because I've hugged you, so <laughs> you're not musty, <laughs> right?
2: And so, um, but what I can say is, and I mentioned this before anti are very unhealthy.
1: I know. But here's and, the thing: I always end up going back to them. I know it's so bad. i try, I feel like I've tried every <laughs> natural deodorant out there, and I always find myself going back yeah. to them. But I'm sure it has like, a lot to do with the fact that I need to clean up how I eat. I'm mean, Like you said, it's yeah. affecting that. So yeah, but go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry, how toxic they are.
2: Yeah, well, the, the, what makes them so toxic is the vast majority of them, they l- use aluminum in. And what aluminum does in the things that all other things that are in there, it basically stops the pores from sweating. That's why they call it anti antiperspirant. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, under your arms and all the folds of your body, you have lymph nodes. These lymph nodes are part of your lymphatic system. Your lymphatic system is essentially the sewage system in your body. It gets rid of sewage out of your body. So, like, let's say you have an infection in your lungs. Your lymphatic system comes in, removes the fluid, it removes the mucus. The mucus also has the infection inside of it. The lymphatic system pulls it out. It takes it to these lymph nodes, which are essentially the toilets, and it flushes it out out of the body. And the reason why they're in the folds of the body is because that's where you sweat the most. Think about it under your neck, on your arm, behind your knees and your groin. Those are the areas that you sweat the most. So these are the areas that are most highly concentrated with lymph nodes, even though you also have them in your brain. And so when you use an antiperspirant, essentially what you're doing is taking a wad of paper towel and sticking it in the toilet and saying, Keep the mucus, keep the infection, keep the nasty fluid, keep anything toxic inside of you. And it accumulates in that area. And so that's why a lot of times people get these infected lymph nodes. Um, This is why a lot of times they're swollen, those sorts of things. That's also where heavy metals will sometimes accumulate is because they're consistently wearing these antiperspirants. So... You know, uh, serendipitously, it was really something that I didn't, I didn't purposely do. Like, stop wearing deodorant. Like, just I would, yeah. It just really happened, and I just so happened to go to the gym and go to work that day, and I didn't notice I was musty. And then I worked out and still wasn't musty. And I just figured, let's create a science experiment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. See, how do you control, like, like I guess manage the wetness? Cause I'm sure, cause that's the thing when a lot of times I try not to, when I'm home for the day, I try not to wear deodorant just to give myself a break or um, mm-hmm. anything. So how do you manage that? Cause the only thing about it is I know it's good to sweat. Sweating is a good thing, right? Especially in that right. area, but when you're dressed up and you want and you're out looking nice, you don't want to have right. sweaty pits. So how are you, how are you managing that?
2: Okay. Now let's remember you're asking me a personal question now, cause okay. like this doesn't, Everything doesn't apply to everybody. Right. Okay. So, but what I can say is I I generally don't sweat a lot there. Oh. I did in the past, uh-huh. but I generally don't sweat a lot there. I sweat a lot on my forehead. Uh, mm. uh, so I don't sweat a lot under my arms and, you know, those okay. sorts Like those sorts of areas. And so for me, I noticed there are people who have that issue, but what I also notice is those people who did the detox, uh, who had those hyper perspiring issues, did the detox, and they they stay hydrated. Mm -hmm. Uh, That sweating starts to dissipate as well.
1: I can see that. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Because it's, I mean, the whole, like you said, the whole point is just to get all the, toxins out once it's out then there's no reason to do that I get it yeah of course we talked a lot about uh health and detoxing and all of that good stuff so if we what do you want us to take away from this conversation like what are some of the changes that we can make that will support our health and help us live amazing lives like any tips that you want to give us
2: right well I I think the biggest thing is like you know, I named my book Vegetation Over Medication because, and I got a lot of flack about that from my colleagues. Did you? Oh, yeah, man. You have to understand, like, being in the healthcare arena, like, I had doctors, pharmacists, like, really upset about that because, you know, in their opinion, um, advocating for healthy eating over medications was.
1: That puts me. them out of business. <laughs>
2: I don't even think they looked at it. I think they looked at it from the perspective of patients already don't want to take medications. And now you're giving them a way to say, oh, I really don't want to take it. But that really wasn't the purpose of it. The purpose was if you get educated about what you should be eating and how you should be living, you prevent disease. You don't have to be medicated and that's what the healthcare system isn't. The healthcare system is reactive, meaning if you go there and you're healthy, they can't do anything for you except give you a prescription. So if you go there and everything checks out but you say I'm depressed, the only thing they can give you is medication. Yep. Yeah. You know. But if you're if you take it upon yourself to have self-care as your doctor, then you're going to think about when you're depressed, like, well, what have I been eating? And who have who have I been around? And what's going on in my, my life right now? Have I been drinking enough water? Have I been exercising? Have I been in the sun? Have I been in nature? And so if I had to give top five things, they're going to be a holistic perspective. And they're going to be those things. It's going to be use nature's doctors. Nature's doctors are water. It's sunlight. It's physical activity. it's having a proper nutrition. And then I would say the fifth would be because we live in such a toxic world is having a cleansing and detoxing regimen that ensures that your body is always in an optimal state. And if I had to give a bonus, it would always be self-investment because I think that's what people don't do enough, like, I start my day off by meditating for at least 15 minutes. So like, it doesn't matter what time I have to be up, I have to put in 15 minutes before that time to do my meditation. It just has to be done. Uh, Because during that stillness, what I'm able to do is to get rid of things that don't matter. It allows my body to recoil. It it allows my mind to recoil into a position where it's default, meaning I believe that our default position is peace. But we wake up with this anxiety about what we got to do today and Mm -hmm. what we didn't do yesterday and how we feel about today. And it's Monday. Oh, my God, it's Monday. And instead of being in that position where you wake up like that, I believe that we should be in this default peaceful position. And that's what meditation does for me. It just puts my mind in that peaceful state where then I can then attack the day in a very peaceful way. Mm -hmm. And then um, throughout the day, I arrange time for me to read every day, at least an hour. That's part of my self-care and connecting with people, like checking on people, saying let's have lunch, let's go to the park, checking on me (laughs) to make sure I'm good. Uh, I think that's very important to have that, you know, that self-investment in yourself and whatever dreams, goals that you have, you know, people have to understand that when you make a dream a reality, it does something to your soul. I believe that I'm here not only you know, to help people live a better, longer, happier life. But I also believe that part of my purpose was to come here and not die before I, I live out my dream. I invite other people to do to do that as well. And if you don't feel like you're in a position to do it, I give you permission to do it.
1: Yes. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Okay, so I got my last question here. (laughs) You want to know what that last question is?
2: Sure, she did.
1: Are you single? Really?
2: People really want to know that?
1: Oh my gosh, they really want to know that. And I almost didn't ask you this, but I was like, you know what? <laughs> Dr. Price ain't going to get me beat up for not asking this question. So I'm to, uh,
2: oh so
1: I'm leaving it to you. Y'all, y'all here. I'm asking the question. <laughs> if he answers, he answers, if he don't, he don't. But I'll put it out there. Oh man, <laughs> the no,
0: people want to no. know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm,
2: No, I'm not single.
1: Okay, of course you're not. <laughs> of course you're not. <laughs> Okay, Dr. Price, let us know, as always, this is such a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, share your expertise, helping other people go vegan and not even just go vegan, but just have a, a more rich and full life. That's what it's all about. Like you said, when you gave those tips, it's about like holistic approach to everything. So before we wrap up, let us know how you want us to come follow you, how we can buy the detox, anything you want us to let us, whatever you want to promote, let us know.
2: Yeah. Well, let me first say, I I appreciate your candor and, uh, and your demeanor, man. It, it, um, it never feels like an interview. It always feels like a conversation when I come on your podcast. So, um, I was excited when you asked, you know, for round two. So I just just want to say, continue to do what you do because you're hoping to brighten and open people's perspectives to a new way of living. I always enjoy listen, listening to your podcast, so I'm a fan in and of myself, so th- thank you.
1: Thank you. appreciate that.
2: Uh, and for those who want to stay connected with me, you can. Uh, my website is www.drbobbyprice.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Dr. Holistic, that's D-O-C-T-O-R-H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C. And I'm also on Facebook at Dr. Bobby Price. Uh, so those are the ways you can stay in touch with me. My website, of course, you can find my products, my detox, my herbal supplement.
1: Thank you again so much for being on the show. And I look forward to connecting with you again.
2: All right, peace and blessings.